Welcome to Beltway Talk, the podcast of the American International Automobile Dealers Association, where we examine the intersection between Washington politics and the auto retail industry. I'm your host, Hannah Oliver. Today's episode of Beltway Talk is sponsored by AIADA affinity partner, Citroen. Founded in 2006, Citroen provides unparalleled valet, porter, and employee management services to auto dealers across the country. Find out more at AIADA.org. Joining me in the podcast studio is Ohio dealer John Connolly. He's an Acura dealer and an AIADA board member, and he will serve as chairman of AIADA in 2022. He's here to talk about the importance of dealer involvement from his perspective, as well as some of the big issues moving through D.C. this fall. Welcome to Beltway Talk, John. Thank you very much. It's so great to be here. Well, let's jump on right in. I know that you are on AIADA's executive board, and you're going to serve as chairman in 2022. Um, What prompted you to get involved with AIADA originally, and why did you join the board of directors? Well, first of all, I'm so excited to be part of the board of directors for the AIADA. It's been part of my life since I've been born. Uh, Mm -hmm. My dad was on the original uh, Volkswagen uh, dealer advisory board. Uh, which became the AIADA. And, uh, you know, they started that, the group of dealers, because they wanted to have their voice heard. And it was a, you know, tremendous achievement for them to to do that. And it's just amazing that sitting here 52 years later, basically, Mm -hmm. uh, after my dad and and actually my uncle uh, helped start this organization. And so it was always in my life to want to uh, give back to international car dealers. Uh, you know, uh, my dad and uh, some other dealers uh, started a political action committee uh, in uh, the late uh, 70s mm-hmm. after the Buckley-Vallejo decision allowed them to do independent expenditures. And, uh, you know, to be able to go to Washington with my dad uh, and, uh, you know, go to the fundraisers and, and meet the senators and meet the congresspeople and, and, and push for international car dealers was just always so thrilling to me. Uh, and so uh, I really wanted to make it a big part of my life. And so, uh, you know, I spent uh, time, I went to Georgetown University and, and I worked on the Hill and I went to law school and uh, at all times I, I wanted to be part of it. And uh, it looked like it was never going to happen. Uh, you know, I was a uh, criminal defense attorney for a decade and, uh, you know, the dream was sort of fading away. And, uh, but then my dad decided to retire, uh, and he, uh, he had a few stores, and uh, he uh, sold them off, uh, but he gave me an opportunity to, uh, to buy a store if I wanted to get in the business. So I was able to buy uh, his Acura store in uh, Columbus, Ohio. And immediately the first thing I did was uh, join the AIADA, uh, right away, came to a Washington fly-in, uh, loved uh, the whole experience, uh, and uh, I was able to meet so many great dealers, and uh, I made it a point to uh, do everything I could to try to help AIDA, and then uh, to be able to join the board uh, was just uh, wonderful, and now to have the chance to be uh, the chairman is, is, is a really a dream come true for me. So my next question for you was kind of just how you came to be in the industry, how you moved from your law background to being a dealer. Can you tell me just a little bit more about that, kind of what drove that, um, your decision to go ahead and jump 
jump into your father's business from being a criminal. Well, all the time I've always wanted to be a car dealer okay. uh, because there is so few opportunities to be an entrepreneur <laughs> and the car business is just the epitome of being an entrepreneur. Uh, and so uh, it was nice to have in my own law practice, but I always wanted to get involved. Uh, and so uh, my dad uh, had a Volkswagen store, and so I asked, hey, can I go try to, to help? Uh, and so he, he let me, and uh, he saw, I think, that I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, no one really wants to have their child feel that, you know, they should do something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I think he wanted for this to come to me on my own terms. Uh, and just uh, having that opportunity, uh, you know, this was in 2008. Uh, the economy wasn't doing too great. <laughs> and, uh, you know, to be able to take that leap and uh, purchase uh, the dealership. Now, that took me a few, uh, quite a few years to earn the money, uh, yeah. but got it done, and it was just uh, just a wonderful experience. And being an Acura dealer is uh, fantastic. Uh, being in Columbus, Ohio is incredible. Uh, and I think that really helps me as far as uh, thinking about how I can help AIADA. You know, Acura was born in, uh, in America, and 100% of all Acuras are made in Ohio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that is an American car brand, uh, more so than any other one that I can think of. Uh, so, you know, you know, Honda, uh, Toyota, uh, BMW, Kia, everybody who has the plants here in, in America is it, just uh, really you know, pushes me forward to want to help the AIADA. Hmm. So I, clearly you have a lot of experience in the industry and your dad was in the industry and your uncle. Um, where you sit today, what are some of the biggest changes that you've encountered in the industry since you first joined it or even, I mean, I guess since you were, you could even go back to since you were a kid and you were watching your father. Right. Well, yeah. And, and when I was working in the Mazda parts department, mm -hmm. when I was <laughs> washing cars and uh, when I was selling used cars uh, as a kid, uh, no, it, it's easy. Uh, the biggest uh, change has been we're no longer a uh, reactive business. We're a proactive business. You can't just sit there and wait for people to come by. Uh, there you know, aren't tire kickers uh, mm -hmm. anymore. You know, you have to be proactive. And the job as a, uh, as a salesperson and a service advisor is such a great job now because you get to, you know, really use everything. You're not sitting back you know, maybe having a cigarette, reading the newspaper. Yeah. You're on the computer. You're reaching out to people. You're constantly being in touch. Uh, you know, you're using, uh, you know, all the tools that are given to us. Uh, it's just been, it, it's been uh, fantastic, the change in the car business uh, since I uh, got involved with Acura, uh, you know, 12, 15 years ago. So having said that, what do you like most about being a car dealer and what do you like least about being a car dealer? What I like best about being a car dealer is that I get to help change people's lives. You know, we have 62 employees at our store, and there is nothing better than being able to uh, help them uh, in, you know, reach their dreams. Whenever I hear of somebody's uh, buying a house or they're buying a new car or they're having a baby, you know, or they're going on a great vacation. 
It just makes me feel so good mm -hmm. because I know that we all working together created this great opportunity for everyone. Uh, so that is uh, just such a wonderful thing. And obviously it's great also to be able to help customers. And we really focus on making things easy on people. Mm -hmm. So that would uh, lead into what I don't like the best about being a car dealer is that, you know, sometimes uh, if, if there's somebody who has a problem with their car or they think that the negotiation didn't go well, they get real upset. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and as a car dealer, you, your face is on the door and you, you know, you have to step up and, and, and be able to communicate well. And, you know, I find myself telling the customer all the time, I, I didn't wake up today to give you a hard time. Uh, you know, we, we haven't started our business with the hopes of uh, that you one day would have a broken down car. <laughs> we understand. We have cars, too. We understand the pain of uh, the car not starting after you get back from the airport. You know, we yeah. get it. Uh, and so we're here to help. Uh, and, you know, so the misconception that uh, some customers have is, oh, well, they sold it to me. They're not going to be there for me anymore. Mm -hmm. And so that, that, you know, is the toughest part for me because I take those comments and uh, phone calls and reviews, I take them all really seriously, probably maybe more seriously than I should sometimes because I really, uh, really want to make people happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So speaking a little bit about misconceptions, let's talk a little bit about misconceptions in Washington about the auto industry. So um, which ones in your time interacting with Washington, D.C., which misconceptions bother you the most that auto, or, excuse me, legislators have about dealers like you and the auto industry in general? Well, right now, the biggest misconception that bothers me is the, <laughs> is the silly notion that car dealers don't want to sell electric vehicles. That's the silliest thing I think I've ever heard. Uh, we want to sell uh, what the manufacturer produces. We want to sell what is the best for our customers, mm -hmm. uh, whether it be a hydrogen car, a hybrid car, an electric car, a flying car. It doesn't matter. We're car dealers. We want to do anything we can to help customers, help the manufacturers, and you know, help the economy uh, move on. Uh, so that's the biggest misconception that, that they have. Uh, and then also that you know that we might be you know uh, that car dealers are you know in with the the manufacturers. Uh, we're we're independent business people. Mm -hmm. We employ hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people on our own. We buy all the cars from the manufacturers, so we're on the hook. You know, I'm just a small time dealer, and you know, I have over a ten million dollar inventory. You know, uh, well, with the chip crisis, it's a little lower, but with my uh, floor plan lender, <laughs> they remind me all the time that <laughs> uh, you know uh, I owe them ten million dollars. Uh, and I'm just a small time dealer. Uh, you know, imagine the dealers who have uh, three, five, ten stores. Yeah. I mean, that's you know, it's, it can go quickly over a hundred million dollars. Uh, you know, so uh, you know, I want that misconception to to be erased. Uh, you know, we're there uh, providing jobs, and you know, uh, the the thing about the sales tax uh, that uh, our stores generate. Uh, for uh, the economy. I mean, it's enormous. If the car business suffers, unfortunately, the economy suffers. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
So talking about Washington, you're here with us in Washington. So you touched on the EV issue. So let's talk a little bit more about that. Um, I know a proposal has been working its way through Congress that would offer thousands of dollars of extra tax incentives for electric vehicles built at unionized U.S. factories. Can you tell us a little bit more about this proposal and your thoughts on it? Yeah, uh, you know, it, it's just so interesting when people talk about why they should be involved with the AIEDA. This is the same type of issue that this organization has been fighting against since the 1970s. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, my dad, uh, I have uh, a picture in my office of him even in Plains, Georgia, at Jimmy Carter's house talking about these exact type of issues. This seems to keep on rearing its head. It is, uh, you know, so surprising to me that uh, this uh, proposal has come forth where we would give uh, our tax dollars to union-made cars Mm -hmm. uh, versus cars that are made by American workers, uh, you know, tens and tens and tens of thousands of American workers and suppliers uh, who, you know, they take care of our economy. And the single out uh, uh, union-made EVs is uh, preposterous and it's silly. However, it's very, very real. Mm-hmm. Right now, they are within a, a you know a hair's breadth of passing this legislation through both the House and Senate, and uh, the president will sign this. Uh, it's part of the reconciliation bill, and uh, we could wake up literally tomorrow and this could be the law of the land so if you own a international nameplate store and you are going to sell a ev product your product is going to be at an approximately forty five hundred dollar disadvantage versus union made vehicles wow this is incredibly serious and it's scary, quite frankly, and I find it to be un-American. Absolutely. So for dealers listening to this podcast, and um, what, what can they do about this? What do you need them to do? All right. Well, number one, I think the easiest thing, uh, the AIADA staff has put together a tremendous resource. If you go to AIADA.org slash EV, you can go. And within literally seconds, have a letter sent to your representative. Or better yet, and this is what I did, make a video. And it's so easy. And, and I, you know, I'm no uh, technophile. Uh, but I was able uh, on my tablet to go to my camera, flip the screen, press the red button, and record, and I recorded, it was about 30-second message for my congressman. And all you have to do is speak in plain language. It's not difficult. Just say the way you feel. And this is about the easiest uh, topic you could discuss that is involved with legislation. This one's simple. There is no if ands, or buts. They want to put $4,500 tax credits for union-made EVs, mm-hmm. period. And 
we need all international car dealers and their general managers and their service managers and their parts managers and their detail managers and their advisors and parts countermen and uh, how about tell your suppliers, how about tell your vendors, contact Congress and tell them to knock it off, that this should not be part of the reconciliation bill. This should never pass. So for dealers who are going to reach out to their members of Congress about this important issue, do you have any advice? Are there any, you know, as someone who's spent a lot of time in D.C. and in Congress, are there any strategies that you found are especially helpful when advocating for your dealership with your with your member of Congress? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I was a person, I, I went from uh, opening the mail for a senator to uh, <laughs> researching how to answer the letters of the senator to answering letters for a senator. Uh, I understand how important it is when we would get a letter uh, from uh, a prominent businessman in our community. Uh, it went straight to the, the senator, or to, you know, the chief of staff, or the legislative director. Uh, and nowadays, it's uh, a lot of it's video. Uh, and so just say it. Just say, hey, this is uh, John Connolly. I'm in Dublin, Ohio. Uh, we have 62 employees. And we stand strongly against this proposal uh, and, and, and talk about the, you know, say it's the, the, the union EV proposal. Uh, it's very simple. But if it, I guarantee you, if a car dealer uh, takes the time to make a video, uh, that's not a standardized letter. And, and they're there uh, talking. Uh, that's going to go straight to the congressperson. Uh, or to the senator or to their chief uh, of staff, uh, because they know that uh, there are no stronger supporters politically mm -hmm. in their districts or in their states than car dealers. Absolutely. So uh, shifting gears just a little bit while we work towards the end of this discussion, um, you're going to be chairman next year. Um, how are you planning to build on the legacy that current chairman Steve Gates of um, Kentucky will be leaving in your hands, John? Well, Steve is doing an incredible job right now. Uh, you know, uh, his work fighting this union EV proposal has been, you know, really inspiring. Mm -hmm. You know, whether uh, he's writing articles or he's interviewing people or he's meeting with the head of Toyota or he's mm -hmm. uh, meeting with congressional leaders. Uh, he is a nonstop on this. And, you know, and, and you think about, you know, uh, big time dealers. Steve Gates is a big time car dealer mm -hmm. runs a tremendous business i i'm i'm very uh envious uh, of what a great job he does uh and i'm envious of of what he's doing right now as as chairman of the aiada and i know he'll he'll stick with me uh, when i get uh my shot but all i can do is uh, just try to continue what what he has been doing for us mm-hmm so let's wrap it up. I just have one last question for you. Being the Acura dealer from Ohio, right. I just really need to know if you drive an NSX. Boy, I, I'd like, that'd be nice, right? It would be. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I don't. Uh, number one, that's, uh, you know, not my, my thing, but because I'm a terrible driver <laughs> <laughs> and the car is really low to the ground and I would hit every curb uh, that there is. I, I, I'm always so impressed 
with people who can drive uh, these supercars. Yeah. <laughs> Not <laughs> but, me. <laughs> uh, you know, I love the fact that uh, it's a supercar made in America. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. You know, it's the American supercar. And uh, right now that they uh, just announced uh, they're making a 2022 uh, NSX Type S. They're building 360 of them uh, at the Acura Performance Center in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they make it. They have a special team of, uh, of, of technicians that uh, put it together. Uh, and it's incredible. And I, I'd encourage anybody, they can go and you can go visit that performance center and, and see them doing this. Uh, but uh, they all sold out, uh, I think it was within an hour. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, with deposits, the whole thing. Uh, and so uh, then the next uh, one down the line uh, will be an, an EV. Yeah. Uh, you know, see, we want to sell EVs, right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> we're looking forward to it. So uh, that's a long answer to your to your. That was a good answer. Um, before we wrap up, is there anything we missed that you kind of want to talk about on the Beltway Talk podcast, John? No, I just encourage everybody, just please get involved. It doesn't take much time. Uh, I uh, see it. Uh, when I got my Acura store and, and uh, I immediately uh, got involved with AIDA, I immediately contributed uh, to the political action committee. I, I didn't know that there was any way that you wouldn't do it. Uh, to me, it's like paying an insurance bill. Uh, so I can just, uh, do this and then they're going to protect my interests. Uh, that's a hell of a deal. Uh, so I encourage everybody. It doesn't take much time, but get involved. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, John, for joining the Beltway Talk podcast. I'm sure, um, we'll be hearing plenty more from you, especially in 2022. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening into this episode of Beltway Talk. To learn more about the union EV issue and take action, visit AIADA.org slash EV. Join us again next time for Beltway Talk.